Dear listeners, this is not the full version of Wicked City. It is a podcast review of the English dub of the film. This film is available on home video from Discotech Media and is streaming on High Dive, Retro Crush, Midnight Pulp, 2B TV, and Pluto TV, among other places. Please support the official release. Warning, the Dub Talk podcast contains language and content that may not be suitable for younger audiences. Listener discretion is advised. There will be spoilers for Wicked City in this episode, so please use caution if you haven't watched the movie yet. You should really watch the movie first. Finally, the opinions expressed are those of the individual participants and may not reflect the Dub Talk podcast as a whole. Enjoy the show. Dear listeners, and welcome back to a special episode of Summer at the Movies, where we here at Dub Talk uh, talk about the latest and greatest in anime dubs and movies. Except not this time, because this one's really old. And uh, other reasons, but... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, um, today we are going to be covering the 1987 OVA Wicked City, uh, produced by Madhouse for Japan Home Video for the home video market. I was wondering, I was wondering if this got a theatrical release or not because it was in four by three, so I was a little confused. I, I I read up a little, and it sounds like it did, like it did briefly get shown in theaters at the time, but it, it sounds like it was made as a straight to video release, which yeah, is that why makes it's sense. in four by three. Um, and I think it's you know it's got like theatrical releases since then, obviously, but it's, like this this was. It does have big OVA energy, so, you know. Oh, like... absolutely. Oh, this is, I mean, if nothing else, the fact that um, Yoshiaki Kawajira is on it, I feel like he is a dude who directed a lot of, like, hey, you're you're talented and competent. We're going to give you money to direct something we can put in video stores that'll be, like, it'll, it'll have enough plot to it that it can be taken seriously, but also be a little sleazy and violent and there'll be nudity. It'll be great. Yep. Like a million, so a million dollars. <laughs> but anyway, um, sorry to interrupt. Go on. No, that's, no, it's... It, it, it is an OVA, which is a a, a thing. That form of OVA is very much something that I feel like, especially younger fans, that's that's just a foreign concept to yeah. them. Like, it really, we really don't get anime like this anymore, unfortunately. I, oh, absolutely not. I was watching this and it was like, man, this is this is great. Why don't... Uh, <laughs> yeah, I was thinking, I, we really don't get anime like this anymore. I wish I liked this. <laughs> <laughs> that is the trick of it. Yeah. <laughs> Oh uh, yeah, well, it's it's I, I I did enjoy this, but it's a lot, and we'll we'll get into that in a minute. Uh, yeah, um, yeah, just yeah, just yeah. continue on. So, anyway, um, uh, directed by Kawajira, it is based on a novel series by Hideyuki Kukuchi, who is the guy who writes the Vampire Hunter D novels. Uh, right, right, right. Yes. Uh, apparently, it was originally supposed to be just like a 35-minute short, and then uh, when they turned it in, it was like, oh, this is great. Can you make it like twice as long? Uh, which is very funny to me, but also yeah. sounds like, yeah, that was the late 80s, it was a bubble economy, everyone had too much money, that sounds about right. Yeah. We're, uh, we're on our way to that soon. So, yeah. <laughs> um, and, uh, obviously, uh, uh, it is often fun to watch these things with the dub, uh, before you listen to this. Uh, but I will just give you a heads up. This movie is just a it's got it's just a it is a pile of content warnings. I, I was uh, I was thinking the other day, and this is uh -huh. something I was thinking in the shower. Something uh -huh. I wanted to say: if your favorite anime is like 
Azumanga Dio or something. Yeah. Maybe skip this one. Oh, I I definitely had a I had a moment watch I, I had a moment watching this at the very beginning of the movie. Uh, it's like you know I always forget that like these days when you have like fan service and raunchiness in anime that usually just means like you know you know cleavage and panty shots. Yeah. And back in the eighties that just meant like oh this is just a softcore porn. Yeah, scene. it's like you know and, like, uh, just straight up sexual assault and stuff like that. Great, you know. Yeah, it's... There's, there's gonna be there's gonna be two more of them later in this ninety minute movie. Yeah. Okay. Sure, yeah. So I'm um, like, you know, uh, I mean, sure, you, you know, sex, nudity, there's some sexual assault, grotesque imagery, the spider lady, vagina teeth, yeah, exactly. Um, so like, you know, I, 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 this is definitely a movie for some people, but if those sound like they're gonna be a bad time, feel free to skip this one. I yeah. don't know if you'll get a lot out of it. I'm a guy who loves this era of anime, and even I'm like, okay, all right. <laughs> This is this this is this is part of the this is part of the straight to VHS OVA style that reminds me of like yeah you know, like American movies that also went straight to video where it was like oh, well, we need we need to justify a sex scene yeah assault that'll work before we continue I want to make it clear I will have good things to say about this <laughs> but yeah, this, uh... this, 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 there's good things in this movie but like it is. It is a men's adventure novel turned into an anime movie from 1987. Yeah. Adjust adjust your expectations, if only for your own enjoyment, you know? Yeah. Anyways. Uh, So, uh, this was released in 1987. It got picked up by Streamline in 1993 for uh, film distribution and home video release. Um, But... Funnily enough, I don't really understand how this works exactly. I'm assuming this is because the the um, language markets for this kind of licensing were a lot more divided. At more or less the same time, Manga Entertainment picked it up for distribution in the United Kingdom and made their own dub. Um, we are pretty much just going to only cover the streamlined dub in no small part because, like, if you go watch this streaming anywhere and it's dubbed, you're going to get the streamlined version. Yeah. Uh, and I did watch the Mong UK dub. I'll, I'll chime in with thoughts as I need to, but the main thing I got is that it's not terribly different, uh, except there's more swearing, the acting's a little, the acting is a little more wooden, and they give one of the characters a racist, like, Asian man <laughs> accent, and it's a little uncomfortable. Because, <laughs> like, I, I assure you, like, every... Everyone in the British dub, as far as I can tell, is a white person. I, I was gonna, I was about to say, mm-hmm. did manga do that before? But I was thinking of the the streamlined dub of um, Vampire Hunter D, actually, of all things, mm-hmm. where they they had um, they had uh, uh, count the count, the mm-hmm. main bad guy. They gave him a Dracula accent. <laughs> see, that at least makes sense because yeah, I mean, Dracula, you see the logic, like, but it's still silly, you know. It's so. it's 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 very like. It was the eighties. It was yeah. like, or the early nineties, I guess. But it was like, we, we can, we'll give him Bella Gosi voice because that's how vampires sound. Right. Um. Anyways, but uh, we will primarily be covering the streamlined dub uh, because again, it's more widely available. It's also, I would also just say it's like the better of the two. Like, it's still, you know, early nineties anime dub. Like, you know, caveats, etc. But of the two of them, this is the stronger version, anyways. So. Yeah. Anyways. Uh, and it also has some names you'll probably recognize in it, which is always fun because the manga UK dubs seem to mostly be filled with like British TV actors that I've never heard of. So, if you're a big uh, English dub Lupin fan, you'll probably know some of these names. Oh, hundred so. percent. Oh, yeah. All right. So, uh, oh, what's Wicked City about? I should. <laughs> what Hold is on. it about? That's a good what? question. This happens every time I record a fucking episode. I just yeah. completely space on like, what is this movie about? <clears throat> so. Uh, A plot summary taken from Anime News Network. 
For centuries, a secret peace treaty has existed between Earth and the Black World, a parallel dimension populated by shape-changers possessing awesome supernatural powers. But now that pact is up for renewal, and a militant faction from the Black World plans to do everything in their power to stop the treaty from being signed. The fate of the world now rests in the ability of a pair of special agents, one human, the other a shape-changer from the distaff dimension, to make sure things go according to plan. Uh, runs about 87 minutes. It's a good time. Anyways... <laughs> I I can't I can't know the exact quote, but I do think at some point in this dub they refer to the like demon race as like black people or the black race or something, and I was just like, you didn't really think that one through, did you? Absolutely not. Yeah. Uh, this I, I, one of the things that has stood out to me as I've gotten to know about Streamline is I feel like they have this reputation for like being very uh. Loose with their adaptations, which, as far as I can tell, is not actually that true. It's for the not most that part. true. It, they they it's... do change some things here and there. Like if you're a Dirty Pair fan, mm -hmm. yeah, they change some things, but most of the time it's pretty on the nose. I think Fist of the North Star got it the worst, but even then, it's not that bad. I, so. feel, I feel like I feel like a lot of this is just people who are still mad at Carl Masick for Robotech, and they decided... and I don't know why. Carl, I, I I'm a big Carl Masick apologist, honestly. Like he, 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 he did the absolute best he could in the circumstances he yeah. was given. And like, it's never, I don't know. It's <laughs> never easy to work with, uh, Menachem Golem, you know? So, <laughs> Oh God, that's right. Yep. Robotech the movie. Yep. That was, that I, was I it. Forgot. That was, was a canon project. Canon. Yep. God, what a time. Um, <laughs> anyways, but actually speaking of Carl Basic, let's talk about our cast on yeah. uh, our crew on this. Uh, which, for our directors, uh, surprise, surprise, since I'm pretty sure he directed, like, at least half of everything Streamline ever put right. out, uh, we have Carl Masick, and, uh, also assisting him, we have Gregory Snegoff, who Gregory is Snegoff. also, cool. also the scriptwriter on this. I did um, not know that. That's actually really interesting when we get I, to it later, so. Indeed. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Um, Masick has directed, like, he directed a big, big old pile of things back in the day. Craig right. Freeman, he does the Streamline Dirty Pair dubs. He did the old Streamline Castle Cagliostro. Like I said, about 50% of everything Streamline dubbed before they went under was done by him. So. Uh, Fist of North Star, we mentioned it before, yeah. He exactly. did that one. Yep. Uh, as far as directing goes, Snegoff, uh, he's done a but he did, um, he did the Gogol 13, the professional. I was gonna yeah. say, yeah, right? Like, like yeah. he worked on Gogol, I thought. Yep. No, he did. He was the director on the professional for the Streamline dub. He directed... Lily Cat, uh, I always bring this up because it amuses me. He was the director behind the, uh, like, Captain Harlock, Queen Millennia, like, mashup Robotech-style series that oh. was out for a while. That, like, no one remembers because, like, it's... That thing's never going to see the light of day again, I can imagine. But <laughs> it, I'm always just amused by its existence. It was a, it was a massacring? Is that what it was? Or uh, that, 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 I believe, it was, it was the same. It's like, well, we have these two vaguely related properties that do not meet syndication episode numbers by right. themselves. But if we can stitch them together, we can get there, guys. I say that with love, and only because I've read that term on, on TV Tropes. So. It, 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 it's one of those things where, like, I kind of hate it conceptually, but also, like, that's a good pun. Yeah. Uh, um, and as a scriptwriter, uh, Gregory... He's, he worked for a bunch of Streamline, he wrote Crying Freeman, he wrote Megazone 23, and to my complete shock and surprise, he also did some script work on Cyberpunk Edgerunners, the Netflix anime? I was about to ask if he was still in the industry, but that's he's actually still... really interesting. 
he's still work like he doesn't it doesn't seem to do it very consistently but like he's still working which is astonishing to me i'm not used to especially the crew side of people from like this era of anime dubbing yeah you know, there's some people like um i mean the, these are the these are the the golden oldies basically of the dubbing industry absolutely. so like there yeah there's there's still some of the kicking around where they're mostly actors i'm not used to people who do, like yeah. aside from like tony oliver i'm not used to seeing like people who did direction and script writing still popping up well a lot so a lot cool. of the streamlined actors were like tv actors and that's oh, how yeah. they got into anime so oh, the, he's not from streamline but like there's nothing funnier than like uh poking around and seeing like hey, did you know richard epcar was in this random tv show back yep. in the day and it's like as <laughs> richard epcar he's a lot taller than i was expecting jeez and i always love to mention how um apollo from star trek was in some anime too uh <laughs> michael forrest i believe that's his I, name. I, I believe we did an episode on Lily Cat last year. Yes. I believe I, he he is in that. I believe, and I believe I brought that up because that's and wild. When we did the Big O, uh, oh yeah, he's in that too, isn't yeah. he? Because I hosted that episode. That's right. I remember that. Uh, good times. Yep. All right. Um. So uh, also there was the manga you tape dub. Uh, is there anything interesting these people worked on? Not 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 like a hundred. Like most of them is like most of the people they worked on. Other manga you take you you can't the, the Legend of Arslan I don't know or something. I mean I mean the only one that stands out is the the uh, it was directed by a guy named Michael Blake Bakewell who yeah. he did Dominion Tank Police which is a favorite of mine. Uh, all right, yeah, uh, that makes sense. And he also and he also directed the one for Angel Cop. <laughs> right. <laughs> I think. God, did they? Did they do Mad Madbull or Mad Dog? What am I thinking of? I'm trying. I'm Madbull thirty four. I'm trying to remember. I some of the people from the manga UK dub, like Madbull, popped up in their credits. So I was I gonna say because I think well. that was a British dub. That that was that was a bunch of Brits doing American accents. So, oh, good times. Yep. The what? The wild, wild west of early nineties anime. I know. Dubbing. I mean, like it's. I don't know if it's better now <laughs> the way it's done because it was more interesting back then. I'll say it's, that. So it's, it's one of those things where, like, there, there's a, the the amount of professionalism has gone up considerably, but yeah. sometimes you, some, they no one gave a shit about them anymore. There was there they could just do more or less whatever yeah, as long as it didn't violate contract. The 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 new frontier has unfortunately been plowed over at this point. So hundred percent. Yeah. Oh, I do kind of miss it. it was I do too. Honestly, it was kind of cool. Like especially as a Lupin fan, seeing like all the weird different dubs of Lupin that you can find. So, you know. But every, we, all, we should all treasure our copy of uh, the Mystery of Momo Blu-ray that has all four English dubs exactly. that were made for it. Alright, so tell me, what did you what did you think about the dub as a whole? It's a good dub. Like, genuinely. My, my feelings of this project aside, it's, mm -hmm. a, it's a strong dub. It's a little flat... But the characters are a little flat, so I can't really <laughs> bemoan the actors for that. Mm -hmm. um, and we'll actually get into it later. I actually really like the performance of the main character, honestly. Mm. But um, it's... Uh, sometimes I did have a little trouble hearing characters, I will say that. But I don't know if that's necessarily a problem of the dub itself. Um, but uh, overall, I actually did find myself thinking this is a pretty strong dub... I, I I like the way they kind of play it like a film noir. Mm -hmm. I think that that really benefits it a lot. I'm not sure if there's anything that much I have to really say specifically aside from that. Uh, but uh, it, it works for what it is because 
I think they had the right attitude and the right like the the right like approach to the whole project. Hmm. Hmm. And I agree. I remember. Um, I've been reading up on this, and apparently, um, back when like Streamline was first founded, um, I think it was um, <coughs> excuse me, I think it was um, basically Carl Masick and Jerry Beck wrote up like a list of like here's like kind of the things we'd really like to get as kind of just like you know a standard set themselves and wicked city was on there and took like the longest for them to get for whatever reason i forgot the specifics i'm assuming it was probably just you know legal whatever um but i think you can see that in here like this is clearly something they wanted to work on both in that i think they 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 thought it would do well but also i think like you know they enjoyed these things um, I, I think, think Carl Masick was so desperate to prove that anime wasn't just kid stuff that he was looking for, like, the raunchiest, darkest stuff he could basically find. I, I, I think that's both true and also, like, uh, um, if you if you get this if you get this on home video, there's a very nice commentary on the discotheque release by Mike Tool where he kind of talks a little bit about kind of the business side of things. And he's talking about how there was very much this understanding in, like, the home video market that, like, basically stuff like that, like, rented really, really well. So mm. if you put that out, like, it would, it would do, like, like, essentially, there's very much, like, an understanding of, like, oh, these are the money makers. Um, so I think there's also just the added benefit of, like, well, we can put this out, and it'll also do, you know, we enjoy it, but also it'll do very well for our bottom line, which we're business, we, we can't just spend all our time putting out art house movies that five people will enjoy. Not that that was what Streamline did, necessarily, but right. you get the idea. Um, so I, I, I think a benefit you see here is they definitely like they understand what the movie is there's not yeah. a lot of attempts to like oh we're gonna try and like you know punch it up or anything there's very much sense of like you know you know it's a, it's a supernatural it's very you know there's a lot of noir in its dna mm-hmm. um you know every, every everyone's very you know sort of you know tough and they're they're you know they go down fighting and so on yeah i think there's a except for giuseppe but we'll get to him later. <laughs> right 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 uh, uh, but it just I think just a good sense of like oh we we you know you know it's a relatively serious movie we're gonna play it straight um you know we're gonna kind of cast and direct people as necessary to capture that um like it, it's one of these things where a lot of times I think the the sign of a good dub is kind of just like how much does the adaptation and performances match the source the source material in some way yeah um at the very least like you know this has a lot of like you know straight-to-video B-movie in its DNA in some in some variety, and I feel like, no, this sounds like one of those. Like, this is the kind of, like, acting and performance I would expect out of a movie of this style and feel, and I feel like that's, that's a credit to the quality of the dub, that they're right. able to capture that. <sighs> yeah, no. Like, opinions on the film itself, which we'll get into later, like, it's well-made. I <laughs> like it. Um... And I already mentioned, like, the Moggy Tank Dub is similar, but not quite as good. <laughs> so. Yeah, I, I wish I had watched it. I mean, I was I was going to try to, at least, like, the first half of it, if uh-huh. I could. But I was just having trouble being able to get my hands nah, on it, ha- so. Nah, it happens. That's fine. It yeah. happens. Like, it, 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 it's definitely interesting from a historical perspective, because it is, again, it's not it's not super different. Yeah. Um, But, like, you know, it's, it's kind of like, I'd say you can give this a watch. You can give it a watch for interest. And beyond that, I'd say either, like, stick to the dub or the Japanese, because those are probably going to be better. Um, And I'm glad I've seen this movie now, honestly, so... No, this is is one of these ones that I've always been, like, very familiar with for... Yeah. I mean, mean, I'm, like, just old enough that, like, when I was getting into anime, there were still lots of write-ups of kind of, like, you know, the stuff that was just always in all the VHS stores, because there wasn't that much anime publicly available yet. Um, So this is definitely one I've heard of for, like, decades, even though for a long time I didn't really know anything about it, other than, like... Uh, it's like 
I don't know. It's the sort of thing where, like, if it showed up on, like, you know, some on-demand service, it's like, oh, it's a TVMA rating. Ooh. Yeah. I mean, I'm probably gonna... God help me, I'm gonna try to check out Demon City Shinjuku after this, so, you know. Yeah, that, that was kind of I thought. It was like, I wanna, now I want to hit up the other ones from kind of this 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 thing, this, yeah. this style. Um, I was like, alright. So, thoughts on the dub uh, as a whole. Uh, we will now get into our first set of characters, which are various minor characters of some note basically uh because you know it's only a 90 minute movie and there's like three main characters and a lot of other <laughs> and there's I, like I 20 a... and there's like 20 secondary characters so you know it's... Pretty, i i actually had a hard time putting this together because it's like half of you are only in one scene <laughs> yeah, who do like... i bother including or cutting yeah i mean like literally there's only one character of these people that i think is even worth mentioning honestly so <laughs> it, it was it literally at the end was basically it's like all right we have the main bad guy and then i just picked the three who like i relatively enjoyed their performance enough but again like almost all these people only show up once oh my god yeah no i just realized who the first character is <laughs> yes, okay. no. so here here's a fun so our first guy because i was so distracted it, from what was going on in that scene that i wasn't even paying attention so our our, our our first character is depending on which dub you look at is either credited as demon radicals leader or Mr. Shadow. According to Mike Tool, this character doesn't really have a name in the book, and he doesn't really have a name in the movie either. Like, these are just kind of... I don't know where Mr. Shadow comes from, and Demon Radical's leader is just like, he's the main... He's the head of the demons. We're trying to stop this uh, pact from getting rewritten. And beyond that, he's just sort of a big, gross uh, demon guy who looks like a human for a little bit, and... That's who he is. He shows yeah. up in, like... He shows up in, like, the last third to be a big nuisance. Uh, and then eventually gets killed by lightning. Yeah. Thor comes uh, down or whatever. I mean, like, pretty much. Uh, um, we have him. Uh, we have the Spider Woman, who's probably the most visually memorable character. Uh, cause she's I a wonder big why. Lady. She's a big spider lady with a big teethy mouth for a crotch. Uh, <laughs> yeah. she, the, mo the movie starts with uh, her coming in within about two seconds of biting our lead's dick off. So, you know, oh, it's that kind of movie. It's movie, man. Uh, it's. <laughs> If, if, if this movie sounds like a thing you'll enjoy, you're really going to enjoy it. And if it sounds miserable, please skip it. You're yeah. not going to enjoy anything I mean, it's, it. like, it's still historically important, I feel. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I, I can appreciate that it exists. I will say that. So. No, that, this, 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 I mean, this reminds me of a lot of sort of like... Uh, often kind of like interesting genre movies I've seen where like they are they're definitely historically important but it's also like oh this is so 1987 yeah well, and it's not like, necessarily in a good way it's so funny because like I see a lot of parallels between this and Space Adventure Cobra of all mm -hmm. things but, oh, yeah. but Space Adventure Cobra is this but it's like fun you know <laughs> it, it's it's like lighthearted and it's it, it's easy going you know none of the women really ever feel like they're in danger or anything mm -hmm. like that. Like, I, yeah. Obviously some bad things happen to s some of the girls in the show and whatever. But it never feels like it's looking down on them. You know? No, the... They're they're both they're both like they're both very much of that same kind of like men's adventure fiction. Yeah. But like Cobra Cobra is much more the like fun freewheeling version, and this is right. much more the like seedy grimy version. Exactly. Yeah. Um. So yeah, we have we have the Spider Woman who's she's an agent of the demons, and she causes a lot of problems and shows up a lot in promo materials because she's we we never memorable. see what happened to the woman she pretends to be. By the way. Well, in the dub, in the dub they, she claims that she's like, oh, I just knocked her out. Yeah, I have a feeling which, that's probably not true. Well, yeah, part of me is just like, why would you even have her say that? Like, what difference does it make? So Th this, this feels like some sort of attempt to be like, all right, 
Yeah. I, 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 I honestly don't know. I did not get a chance to watch it in Japanese, so maybe they say that in the Japanese as well. This is some sort of attempt to have it be, like, marginally less gruesome, but yeah. I'm honestly not sure. Um, next up, we have a guy named Jin. Uh, at one point, our, our leads take the uh, guy who's supposed to be a linchpin for these uh you know treaty talks to a hotel to keep him safe and this guy named Jin shows up to cause problems he wears extremely 80 sunglasses okay, and uh, yeah. that guy and he uh he apparently used to be have a thing with our female lead and he's still trying to he's still trying to it gets weird and gross uh, but yep. she does kill him with her hair which is a pretty fun image so there's yeah. that and uh and then i just threw him in here because i just enjoyed him at the hotel there's also the hotel manager he does not have a name. He is yeah. just the hotel manager. Uh, and I just threw him in here because he was more entertaining he's, he's than He's got I more expected. lines than most other characters in this movie. Yeah, that so. yeah, it was pretty much just like, he spent like a good 15 minutes around this yeah. guy. I feel like that... that Actually, his scenes with Taki are all right, honestly. They're no, okay. I, I, that, that was part of it, is I liked his bits with Taki, and yeah. it turns out he's got a robo-arm that gets blown off at one point. Oh, is that what it was? Apparently. I didn't catch that. Oh my god, <laughs> Again, I don't. I'm not. I'm not 100 percent sure if that is an invention of the dub or not because, like, it's established the demons can hide in this world by kind of constructing robo bodies to be in. So, right. Um, I don't. I, I'm not sure, and on some level, I don't care that much because yeah. it's like, ah, oh, that was great. I don't really care about the logistics of it. That was great. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Uh, playing these characters. Uh, the demon, the leader, is being played by Jeff Winkless. Uh, who, among other things, he plays Captain Nemo in uh, the streamlined dud of Nadia, The Secret of Blue Water. And he is, in fact, as we, we were talking about earlier, he is Count Magnus Lee from Vampire Hunter D. Right. Uh, the Spider-Woman is played by Eddie Mirren, uh, who is... Well, she apparently she seemed to be the go-to Fujiko Mine for yeah, streamlines. Yeah, she, uh, she was like one of the... She was Fujiko before... Uh, before uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. For most no, of them. <laughs> yeah. No, I think I, I I know one of those is like a slightly different cast list, but I think she was the Fujiko in most of the Lupin streaming does. And also she's Anjuwoman and Gatoman, which was news to me. <laughs> she okay. apparently still does stuff or something. That's that sounds right. Like, I, I thought I read of, that she was still working, but that sounds that sounds right. Like I I I always look at these through ANN, which does not date when shows are, so I can never quite tell. But like her, her, her resume is long enough that I, I feel like she probably is still acting in some capacity. Yeah, she's not necessarily doing like anime dubs anymore. Um, Jin is being played by Kerrigan Mahan. Uh, he he's in a bunch of stuff. He's uh, Tatsumi in Doom Megapolis. He's Kimball Kinnison in the Lensman dub, which no one will ever see again. Because, I did. Uh, I've seen uh, it. <laughs> I'll probably see it at some point myself, but the 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 legal nonsense behind that movie just amuses me to no end because it's so goofy. It's it's a weird movie. If you can find it, I recommend watching it. If you want to see where Star Wars came from, so. <laughs> uh, and the hotel manager is being played by David Poval. Uh, he is um he plays Zenigata in most of the uh, streamlined Lupin movies. Uh, he's Goku Nishida in Crying Freeman, among other roles. Um, like, obviously, none of these characters are on screen for very long, yeah. but what, did, what impressions did you have of them? Um, or, like, or any of the minor characters, for that matter. I, I, jokes aside, I actually think Eddie Mearman did a good job as the spider lady. Mm -hmm. So, I, like, I think she brought a lot of her Fujiko experience to that role, which mm -hmm. I think helped it a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, here's the thing, though. These are all really good voice actors, Mm -hmm. Like, genuinely, and this is something I've always loved about Streamline dubs, is that they approach this like adults. 
Like, they are performing, like, in, like, a, a Dick Wolf drama, honestly. Mm-hmm. Like, they, they treat it like they are on stage in a legit, like, American production. Mm-hmm. And that's something I've always really appreciated about Streamline. Even if, even if their dubs aren't 100% accurate all the time, mm-hmm. they still approach it like they are treating it like it's adult, for adults, which obviously, obviously Wicked City is. Mm-hmm. But, and, and I think that that comes across in all of them. And, and while obviously a lot of these characters didn't really stand out for me, it's still, none of them were like, to me, felt like they were like, out of place. Mm-hmm. Everyone here felt like they were treating it the same amount of seriousness. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's probably not, especially in the case of Demon Radicals leader, it's probably not <laughs> a great idea to treat that scene as goofy. So, origin, origin, because two of the two of the characters in this list are involved in some pretty bad shit in this movie. So, yep. And technically yeah, I, three of them, if you count Spider-Lady, so. <laughs> Look, this movie's, this movie's rough, but for, for certain specific definitions are rough, let's say. It's, it's, not a, it's not a great feminist tale, we'll say that. Um, nope, nope. Um, actually, to your point, I, I, a while ago I was, um, if you go on the, um, because if you go on the the uh, cartoon research website, I believe there is a column on there that Fred Patton wrote before he passed away, which is basically him like talking about the history of Streamline while he was working there. And uh, one thing that stuck out while I was reading that is apparently when they started in and started doing dubs, Carl Masick had one particular thing that he insisted on staying on, which is that all of their dubs would be union. Like that was oh. a very important that was a very important point for him because his ad like his attitude is like we are not just going to hire schmucks off the street or do it ourselves we're gonna get real actors who are like you know they're they're part of the union they get actual work outside of this and those are the people we're gonna have to bring in to dub these things because we want these to be good we want these to sound professional i feel like definitely in stuff like this you can see that like these all like these sound like you know real actors going up there and like you know they're they're given an understanding of the character um like these ones in particular i I agree with you with eddie it's like i i uh, eddie marin she really captures the like at first, like, you know, Spider-Woman, she seems very sensual, and then when, like, she turns into her demon form, she, like, maintains that, but it now comes across as much more menacing. It was like, yeah, no, this is this is, re- this is a really good performance for this character. I, I genuinely would like to know, like, the actor's experiences working on this. Like, <laughs> it just ju- just in general, like, like, how they felt about it, because, I mean, it, it was the 90s, so maybe it, it they saw it in a different light than we would necessarily mm-hmm. but but it would be interesting to me like for <laughs> i mean like go let, let's I, I hate to bring up berserk for the millionth time but like sure lo- look at the berserk outtakes for example <laughs> and like the scene where griffith becomes femto he's flying around singing na 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 batman and it's just <laughs> and you know another example is like uh, the the bloopers for Silence of the Lambs, you know, one of <laughs> one of the darkest movies of the '90s, and the blooper reel is one of the funniest things you'll ever watch. <laughs> so, sometimes when you're working on the dark material, that almost makes uh, the the most makes the levity more important. Exactly, like, that's you, what I'm thinking. Is like is like, did they have to like be silly and be free to like be able to finish this? 
I mean, I, I'm I am of the I I'm of the opinion that like all all anime releases should come with a berserk style blooper reel of exactly. whatever nonsense they committed to tape they have they have sitting around still. Like I always find that stuff both interesting and just funny. Yeah. Um, and I could easily see that for something like this because it's so like it is so not like po face, but it, like you know it's very serious and it takes itself. You know, it's a serious yeah. movie. I'm glad it takes itself take. seriously because otherwise, yeah, me it, too. <laughs> otherwise oh, it wouldn't the, be entertaining. So oh, the oh, the funny the funny version of this movie would be like. In just unwatchable. I yeah. feel like it's just like, oh, this is so inappropriate. <laughs> lady's got, lady's got a, a like vagina with teeth, and then and then Taki's like, well, that happened. <laughs> <laughs> you okay? No, I'm fine. You got me good there. Though. Yeah. Oh boy. Um. Uh, yeah, like I. There's a lot of, like, even the one-off, all the one-off characters sound really well put together and strong. Yeah. Um, and also, just, this one, it's fun just because a lot of the one-off characters are just, like, other, like, streamlined regulars who are popping up in there. There's, like, there's like a one-off, uh, like, one of, one of our, one of the leads, like, co-workers runs by, and it's, like, it's Steve Kramer. Uh, there's, like, a random, there's, like, a random demon who fights him at the airport, and one of them is, uh, Michael McConaughey. I could, yeah, uh, I, I think I heard Michael McConaughey. I could have sworn I heard Dan Warren. Somewhere in there. He might be in here as well. There's also one of these ones where, like, there's enough, like, bit parts that I could imagine there are people who are, like, not, like, officially uncredited. It's yeah. just, like, you know, they have, you know, oh, hey, you were in for something else. Would so you mind doing a little, like, you know, just bit parts or walla for this Exactly. Or it's, like, an hour job, you know, so. Like, pretty, it's, like, oh, you're, oh, hey, you want to make an extra, hey, I'll pay you an extra 50 bucks to do some yeah. walla for me. Or something like that. Um... Yeah, there's one of these things where, like, I don't have a lot of, like, real specifics to say on a lot of them, but just, like, you know, you know, like, Jeff is really good at being menacing, Kerrigan's got kind of, like, the slimy, not quite cool guy, but it's like, yeah, this is a slimy 80s guy in sunglasses vibe, I like this. Um, David just, I don't know, he sells that character a lot more than I was expecting, I wasn't thinking, like, the nameless hotel manager to be, like, a figure of any note, and it's just like, oh, okay, this is, this is pretty good. A lot of sincerity, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I, I I think something that helps this dub a lot is we were talking about earlier, like the people making it, like they 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 understood the tone really well and they were able to match that. And I feel like even you know, like I'm, I'm often not familiar with a lot of these people outside their work in anime, but they always have the vibe of like you know, you know long running TV character actors who are very used to like you know they get a script, they figure out their character within like five minutes of getting that, and they are good to go. Right. They're just they they're just good at turning in good consistent solid work. Um, but you know, especially for like, you know, here, this character's on screen for maybe like 10 whole minutes. Like that's, that's a good skill to have. Right. All right. Um, is there anything you wanted to add or just like any other one-off characters you, that stuck out to you? Uh, probably, uh, the lady in the red dress who we see her butt maybe. Uh, yeah. yeah. Mr. Or, or the leader's like girl Friday. <laughs> Yeah, he's credited as like her assistant, I guess, or something. Which, like, yeah, she 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 was she was also very memorable. Yeah, gets <laughs> her weird little psychosexual freakout for uh, for Taki there. Webs uh, coming out of her phallic chest, you know. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. For, yeah if, do you if you like evil women, this will be a fun movie for you to watch. A lot of evil women in here. Yeah. Uh, oh boy. Oh yeah. Oh. Uh, on that on that note, would you like to head on over to our leads and talk yeah, about that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, we have our 
leads for the movie. Uh, first up, we have Taki Renzaboru. He is a uh, he's your average salary man. He's like a lower manager at an electronics company. He's an extremely normal average life, except he's also an agent for the Black Guard, which are basically sort of your they're they're your men in black of this universe. They 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 are there to mm. deal with demon affairs as need be. Uh, so he this is why he's uh, encountering spider women and uh, has to go on and protect this uh, weird guy we're going to talk about in a minute because it's his job. Right. Uh, and apparently this is part of the reason the books got popular because naturally a lot of salary men are like, man, I wish I had this exciting life. <laughs> yeah, because he's basically James Bond in Men in Black. That's pretty much it. Yep. Pretty much, it's a cool concept. Um, honestly, I will admit that. Like, no, no, I was, I was actually the. Uh, I'll, I'll bring this up a little later, but like a couple of the, they're not like in print anymore, unfortunately. Right. But like a couple of these novels were translated in English, like at the end of the two thousands. And I was, I was initially hoping to try and read one, and then I saw that it's like I can't find it in any libraries, and the cheapest copy on Amazon is like a used one for about two hundred bucks, I, and I'm not buying. I that. was thinking about how interesting it would be if they tried to make a new anime based on Wicked City. Just like if if he had like the modern handsome anime man kind of look to him, you know? <laughs> like like he looked like I don't know, your your typical handsome Asian man kind of character. I, I'm just I, I was yeah, just yeah, thinking no. like how would Wicked City translate to a modern audience exactly? Obviously you couldn't necessarily do and you shouldn't probably do some of the things this movie does. So absolutely not. Uh, I know. I know at least. I know at least some. Some of that I know is at least a little punched up a little from the movie. Yeah. Like you know the the it's a men's adventure novel. It's not like right. squeaky clean by any the, imagination. The books aren't considered like, that great a, anyway. So you know. I'm not. I mean, I'm not. I I I have a lot of respect for uh, Kikuchi as like a dude who invents things. But I have gotten the impression that he is very much a like an idea guy more than uh, a. He, 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 I mean, he, he fall. he strikes me as what's true for a lot of like, cause technically these are light novels, yeah. which is that light, like calling them airport novels isn't quite the same, but they are that same level of like, they're very readable. They're very fun. They are not necessarily high art, great literature. Yeah. yeah and th- nor are they written as great literature. They're often, des- they're designed to be a fun beach read. You can plow through in a couple. Yeah. Of and I, I'm a vampire hunter D fan. So, you know, I can't, I can't really say that yeah. the stuff I dislike I- this stuff. Cause Vampire Hunter D is awesome. I mean, it's not exactly. it's not the deepest written series, but it's cool. It's vampires fighting dinosaurs on Mars, you know? Like, I mean, if you can't get behind yeah. that, what are you doing, right? <laughs> exactly. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't need deep thematics. Sometimes, sometimes I just want to look at something. Yeah, cool exactly. Or read about it. It's great. Uh, and uh, so we have Taki, and we have his partner Maki. Uh, Maki. Uh, okay. Ma- Maki. Uh, I think that's how it's pronounced. Maki. All right, Maki. I think you're right. Yeah. Uh, Maki, who is uh, she is from the demon world. She is uh, she is their representative. She also wears a really sharp suit, and uh, she can do all sorts of weird, freaky demon stuff, like grow her nails out, like she's Lady. Death exactly. Strike, I was or, wondering uh, if like Lady Deathstrike was inspired by her or something like that, but I I, I I'm trying to remember who invented. I don't remember because I can't remember if Lady Deathstrike is one of those X Men characters who's like way older than I think she is was, or not. Was she a Frank Miller be... creation? Hang on. I don't. That's the thing. I'm not sure. Like I always associate her with like sort of the like the Jim Lee years, but I don't know if she predates yeah. that. I don't know if she's like a Jim Lee creation. She, she is was, from '83, could... so I don't think so. Okay. She was created by now, Denny think... O'Neill. Really? Well, he lo- he loves wait, his in, Asian what? ladies, so I mean. Wait, wait. In in what? What was he writing that she was? Um, in, in Daredevil. 
She first appeared in Daredevil? She's in Daredevil. That's us. Wow, really? Jesus. I mean, you know. Oh, that's from the post-Frank Miller run. God. Yeah. That's weird. Huh. I mean, like I said, Denny O'Neill loves his Asian ladies. So, you know. Wacky. Huh. That's crazy. I didn't know Denny O'Neill created Lady Deathstrike. That's really interesting. Me, Amy, I... I, she's an X-Men character in my mind. I didn't even think she came from another Yeah, wow. well, they probably retconned her huh. to have her more with oh, yeah, Wolverine's so. sword. And, so. Yeah, that makes... Uh, that I definitely believe. Anyway, back to anime. Uh, <laughs> anyways, yeah, she can, she can grow her nails out and stab people and use her hair to, like, uh, strangle people to death. And uh, towards the end, she gets lightning powers, so that's fun. <laughs> she's that. a cool concept, <laughs> honestly. Like, as a character, she's a really cool concept, so... Oh yeah, no, she she was definitely one of those characters where it's like I feel like if you were in a like either a more respectable movie or there have been more movies based on these books, yeah. Machia feels like she would be a at the very least a perennial uh you know that little tweet out like nineties anime babes. So yeah, like, exactly. Yeah, like Machia is that, so that, unique that she would stand out in like a waifu list. And I know oh, I know it's goofy to say it that way, but I mean we live in anime culture, so this is just how we talk. But yeah, yeah. like, like if 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 Wicked City was more popular today, she would mm. stand out amongst a, a long list of very similar like women in waifu lists. Oh, so. hundred percent, oh, yeah. Look, I'm sure, there are a lot of people who I'm sure it's like like they they see her walk up in that nice suit and it's like, oh, yeah. hi, hello, hello mommy, <laughs> hello, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, and then rounding out our leads, we have Giuseppe Maillard. He is a impossibly old little man who was apparently integral to the last time they signed this treaty, like hundreds of years ago. So, or not. Uh, I don't really to, understand what not. happened. <laughs> I think I, I think what happens is that is true, but the Lynch... So, spoilers. Yeah. We, we have to you go know, into you're, spoilers you're, now if we're talking about Spoilers. Giuseppe. Yeah, for, yeah, 40 minutes in. I hope you don't mind having the movie spoiled. Yeah. As it turns out, uh, he the idea is they are Taki and Make are told that he is the linchpin to these talks going well. And that apparently is a lie they have been fed. What is actually the key pin is to uh, basically they need to have a baby to be a... Someone needs to have a half-human, half-demon baby that'll basically kind of be like a, a figurehead for the ongoing uh, peace between these two worlds. And these two apparently are compatible. And this has all been kind of a ploy to get them to shack up together. Just, what? Like, I... <laughs> okay, look, I, I, I want to make this clear. I have nothing against, like, female characters having a, a maternal aspect to them. I'm actually uh -huh. okay with that. But Machie did not sign on for this, okay? <laughs> She didn't know that she was going to be pregnant with the chosen one. Okay, like, sometimes, sometimes you can watch a movie and just say, "Like, ah, man wrote this," and you know what? <laughs> it's fine, but I am just like, why did you feel it, it, the need to have this twist? I don't understand. Like. I, th this is very much the kind of thing where it's like, I don't know if this is good writing, but this feels like the correct writing for the kind of nonsense this yeah. is. So I don't question it. I don't question it too much, even if it's ridiculous on its face. Oh, In, in theory, it's not that bad, honestly, but it just feels so unnecessary. That's all it... It's, it, it, it there, there, there's a level of convolution yeah. to it that feels like a little too much. Um, but uh, Giuseppe... As it turns out, he's actually part one of the people who's trying to make sure this all goes off without a hitch. And he is a he is a, a character in the proud tradition of the um, annoying old pervert yeah. 
school of anime characters. Um, so if you don't care for those characters, you might also want to give this a skip. To be fair, he might uh, actually be better than Muten Roshi, honestly. <laughs> he, he, he He's pretty consensual in everything he does, honestly, so... He, he is so, he's so, he's like louder but less of a creep yeah. somehow it's an odd well maybe not to Makie, honestly but you know no Frank it, it's one of those things where it's like he 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 most he, he, you know what actually that's true he's one of the few versions of these characters where his goal is just like I want to go to a brothel can we go to yeah, a brothel I just want to get laid can I get laid please there's like, <laughs> an attractive lady yeah. in a soapland a couple exactly. blocks over let's go there I just played Yakuza and I'm really in the mood now. Oh, anyways, um, but who's playing these characters? Well, uh, playing uh, Giuseppe, we have Michael Reynolds, the late great Michael Reynolds, uh, who you've definitely heard in something because uh, he was he was Bob Bragan in Gogol Thirteenth Professional. He was, to my amusement, there was like a a some movie got uh, some TV series got edited into a pair of movies at some point for like kids that are Christmas themed, and he plays Santa Claus in that, which I thought was very funny. Oh. Uh, and of course, the thing that like. Me and everyone else my age knows him from, which he was Genai in Digimon. Uh, okay, um, yeah, this is which you're getting out of my territory, unfortunately. And you know, uh, it, it it's mostly funny because he is putting he's putting on a little bit of a funny voice for this role, but I can hear enough of his natural speaking voice in there that it's like, oh, that's that's definitely Michael Reynolds. Yeah. Oh, this is it's moments like this. I uh, wish I'd been a Digimon kid so I could know what you guys are talking about. But you know. I, it's it's it. I mean, it's if if you've heard him do an old man role before, it's just that voice. It's just funny that like. Wait, really? You were this kid? Anytime one of these things happen and it's like, you were in that kid show that I watched? It's always like, what? Especially after watching this, you know? Oh, 100%. Very much. Especially when, you know, it's something that's a little more, like, tame. It's not so bad, but it's stuff like this. It's like, oh, yeah. my. Oh. It's like, uh, it's like someone, someone out there knows Kurt Russell from that horse girl movie he did. And then they saw him in something else and they're like, what? Yeah. <laughs> The nice dad from the horse girl movie was in what? what? No. You see him as Snake Plissken, basically. Yeah, I hundred percent. It's like what? No, I thought he was Dreamboat. What is this? I mean, he's still kind of a Dreamboat, but he's got an eye patch. He's aged great. He's aged great, but you know. That's true. Absolutely. Um, uh, playing uh Machie, we have an actress named Gail Kruger, um, who does not have a lot to her name. Actually, yeah, I've this never like heard of only- her. Right. This is the only VO role I could find for her, and her acting role outside of that is very is short. She plays a character in a, I want you to brace yourself for this, a TV movie called The Scarlet O'Hara War, which is basically a biopic on casting Scarlet O'Hara in the 30s Gone with the Wind movie. Okay. Really, this is, I, my understanding is like that was a very contentious like thing in Hollywood yeah. at the time. Why why it warranted a TV movie in the eighties? I couldn't tell you other than Hollywood likes telling stories about it. Well, I mean, I'm I'm the um, kind of I'm the kind of schmuck who actually finds Hollywood backstory kind of interesting. So maybe I'd actually I mean, like I, that. I, I don't know. So. I do. I mean, I I do too. It's like it's one of these things where it's like, I think you can get this on like the like if you get recent editions of the Gone with the Wind. It's on there as like a bonus feature. So like I don't know. Maybe I should check it out one day. Um, and all the roles beyond that are, like, you know, one-off roles and, like, eight is enough. She plays, like, a secretary and Mr. Mom. Apparently these days, at some point she retired and now she runs, like, a, like, advertising consultant business with her husband, I believe, that or makes something sense. like that. That makes sense. Yeah. So, like, like her, if you go to, like, IMDb, her entire her entire filmography is, like, ten yeah. movies, I T- think. Like, she had a very short acting Typically, career. Typically, people with short acting careers become, like, realtors or something like that, so, you know. That doesn't, yeah, that's, like, yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Like, you went into something that was more profitable and more stable. That Yeah, that checks yep. out. Um, 
and uh, Taki is being played by Gregory Snegoff, uh, who co-directed the movie, wrote it, and uh, he has a he's all sorts of acting roles back in the day. He's Bao in Birth, he is Rey in the Fist of the North Star movie, and of course he is Chiron in Robotech, because it just delights me how many people used to work in Robotech. It's like, man, that started a lot of careers, didn't it? Yeah. Good times. Well, yeah, I mean, it's Carl Masick, that's where he got his stuff. It's Carl yeah. Masick. I know, it's just like, just like, oh, these actors are all functional and competent. I should give them more yeah. work. That'd be a great idea. But you know what? Good. I'm not, I'm not, I'm Tony Oliver's first big anime role is being the guy in Robotech. I'm not complaining. Yeah. Anyways. Uh, what do you think of these roles? Of these I think they're all pretty dang good, honestly. Mm. Uh, even Michael Reynolds, who kind of plays him a bit sillier, but... Okay, mm -hmm. he was he was Golgo thirteen too. All right, I wanted to make sure of that that Gregory right. Snegoff was Golgo. Um, ah, yeah. um, but I I think everybody Makie um took a little getting used to because I kind of felt like her voice was a little older than Makie should sound. But oh, as the course of the movie progressed, I was like, okay, I'm starting to feel this voice. I, I think I'm cool with mm -hmm. it. Um, yeah, but even Giuseppe's you know shitty old man voice it. <laughs> I, I, I kind of bought it, honestly. I was like, whatever. He's the most cartoony character in this. So it, it kind of fits. Like, And mm -hmm. I think Gregory Snayoff is fantastic in this, honestly. Like, I think he manages to play Taki, like, just the right amount of, like, cool guy, but still actually mm -hmm. giving him personality. Mm -hmm. And I, I think, I honestly think uh, Gregory, like, his, his is the standout performance in this whole dub, honestly. Because I think he plays Taki exactly how you need to play this character. So, mm -hmm. um, no, I agree. Mm -hmm. oh, continue. Uh, well, yeah, that's pretty much it. So, okay, no, I, I agree. Especially like I think Gregory, I think does like a great job with Taki. He, like very, he very much nails the kind of like you know, you know, he's you know, he's like you know, he's handsome and he's cool yeah. and he dresses well uh, and he has this you know, giant fucking revolver that he shoot blows up demons with. Um, like, yeah, I know with that weird addition to it to kill demons. Like, <laughs> apparently, if you read the books, they explicit like it's they're very upfront. Like it is a magnum, and it is a magnum because somebody likes dirty Harry. I mean, that's that that's I mean, I that's mean, like, anime. You know, that's duh. anime like adult projects like writing right there for you, where it's like the the writer really loves something from Western like media. And wants to put it in their mm -hmm. in their project, so. Abs I mean, look, I look all look all all I know is I haven't I haven't seen any of the Bubblegum Crisis things, but all I know is one of them basically starts with the same opening as Streets of Fire. Oh yeah, no, the the opening sequence bombed. is straight up from Streets of Fire, yeah. Which which as someone who loves that movie, it is is mad that it just kind of bombed here, and it's just sort of a weird cult following. It delights me that in Japan it was like we gotta put this in everything, guys. This is great. Look at this. Look at this. Willem Dafoe's a greaser and he's gonna get into a sledgehammer duel with somebody. Exactly. Anyways, um, and I think Gregory, I think does a wonderful job. And uh, I like I like Gay's performance as Maki a lot. Like I think she she nails a similar like, uh, you know, they're both like their 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 line is very much like they're just cool, tough, badass people. And I think she does a really good job of like bringing that to Maki in a in a way that I'm. Not terribly... I feel like I don't see this a lot in... I don't want to say anime in general, because that's not true, but I feel like, you know, your, your, your tough female leading badasses are... They are they are not the most common in the world. 
Uh, it just it's it's felt nice to have like another one right. kind of get added to that list, and especially by an actress who, I mean, I was not familiar with for obvious reasons. Um, one thing I did find interesting about their joint performance because I check I checked when in 1993 this movie came out. And uh, the timeline on this means it predates it. But I got a little bit of a Mulder and Scully vibe vibe from them. Which I did think was interesting, because this, this this got released like a month before the first X-Files episode came out. Okay. Alright, um, yeah, yeah. And I, so, that's, so that's just a coincidence, but I just think that was... I thought that was interesting, mostly because for like this show, it was like... Yeah, the X-Files would actually be a really good, like, starting point. Like, secret agents dealing with weird stuff. There's romantic tension. I'm like, actually surprised like, there was oh. never an X-Files anime, now that you mention it. But <laughs> there, there, There's a supernatural you know, anime, so... There, is, there was X-Files manga. Oh! I, I, I know this because I was in a bookstore, and they had a very small foreign language collection, and there was, like, one there, and I, it was just, like, it was just, like, a manga version of one of the episodes, but I didn't buy it just because I'd never heard of this, and it was, like, if I don't get this now, I'm never gonna be able to find it again. I'm gonna take one of these. Um, I, that would have been great, though. Yeah. I, it's sad we didn't get that. I'm, I'm gonna oh. let you finish, but I just learned something I kind of wish I hadn't on BTVA, but... Oh, no. Well, it, just, just finish what you're saying, and then I'll say. Alright, sure. Anyway, so, like, that's... They're not they're not going for that one specifically, obviously, because it didn't exist yet, but I feel like that that's the kind of relationship it feels like the two characters have, and I feel like they play each off, off each other really well in that sense. They're, just, you know, these two very cool people who eventually, you know, they're in love. It's, it's I don't know, it's just, it's, it's a kind of, like, sort of frothy, like, soapy aspect of these things that I really enjoy. I, I didn't hate that aspect of it. I just felt like... The the no, movie kind of like, lost its mind there for a minute and decided to just throw this in, you know. It's like th- that them them getting into a relationship, fine. All the stuff with like you know the baby's gonna bring our two worlds yeah. together. It was like, well, this is, I'm not surprised, but this is a yeah. lot. Yeah, okay. like it literally sure could have just ended them with them in bed and the movie's over, and that would have been fine, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, and um. I think I agree with you, like, Michael, like, it's, Giuseppe's a lot. Yeah. He's a lot. But I think my, Michael does give the correct performance for that character, which I do appreciate. It's like, I do think he hits the right level of, like, um, you know, he's wise and old man, uh, you know, sort of, sort of a big weirdo. He's very little, <laughs> there's very, there's very little subtlety with Giuseppe Bayer. What you see is what you yeah. get. Um, and he's clearly having fun with the role, which I, I feel like is, is nice in this movie because so much of it is, like, you know, relatively, like, you know, like serious and like you know violent and so on that is kind of nice to have this just goofball pop up occasionally to break the tension um so like i would how you feel about Giuseppe is probably gonna you know vary a lot from person to person but i think michael turns in a really good role for this it, character it, which I appreciate. it is what it is when it comes to him yeah all right what were you what were you gonna tell me <laughs> so i'm scrolling through btva trying to look at what uh gregory snegov is up to and uh-huh. i scroll down i find out a couple things and I say this uh-huh. as, as someone who is also a voice actor, and I know someday people uh-huh. will laugh at maybe some of the roles I've been in. Um, uh-huh. He was in both those animated Titanic movies. That's right, I knew and that. And not only that, in Titanic The Legend Goes On, he was the fucking rapping dog. No, I didn't know that. Yeah. He's the rapping he dog. He is the rapping dog. <laughs> he is the party time oh. dog. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> oh. So you can th- thank Mr. Snagoff for that meme, basically. 
I hope he was paid well for his time. He's, he's I don't know. Dubbing a shitty Italian animated movie. I don't know if that's going to pay well. So I, I hope he got Union Steel. Yeah. <laughs> oh. All right. Well, uh, trying to think of anything else pertinent I want to add. Like, I... Like, again, Gregory's strong, Gay is strong, Michael's strong. Like, he's... I mean, well, uh, do you want to go to final thoughts? I think so, yeah. Else you want to add? All right. Like, I, I think this is, like, a really strong dub for, like, a movie that's definitely very interesting. And I think maybe not to everyone's taste. Uh, but I, I, you can definitely tell that, like, the people making this put a lot of effort into making sure they're putting in, like, a good, appropriate dub for this kind of movie. Um, which I, you know, stream, like we were saying, Streamline generally didn't futz too much with their stuff, you know, you're not getting too, you know, nothing was getting too off the wall, um, but again, this is from the Wild West days where there's just, you know, there's very little oversight, you could take a lot more liberties, and it is, it is interesting watching something like this, it is kind of a relatively, you know, serious movie for, you know, adults yeah. slash quote adults unquote. Don't let your kids watch! Um, right. <laughs> You know, it's like, well, these movies are normally under adults, but they're mostly rented by 16-year-olds with fake right, IDs, exactly. so, you know. It, yeah. the, um, the guy at the video store who just doesn't give a shit. He's like, whatever, dude, like, take it, I don't care. It's like, look, like, you pay me the $10, I don't... I, yeah. Some adult checked it out, I don't think. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, it's just, like, a good, nice, strong dub for a, a, a fun... I think not not entirely forgotten, but I think definitely on the side of like this is mostly something that like you know old heads and people interested in the history of the stuff are into, and not yeah. necessarily like the, guys like us the general like population. Yeah, guys 100%. like us who will watch Demon Slayer, but we also love this kind of stuff. So you know, exactly. Uh, yeah, and if you love Demon Slayer, maybe don't watch this. <laughs> <laughs> I know it has demons in it, but yeah, but it's... you're not going to get the same experience. No one has a sword. Let's let's hope that keeps you away yeah. from. Yeah. Well, <laughs> actually, no. So I uh, guess someone does, doesn't they? Yeah. Well, um, I, in all in all honesty, I didn't really like this movie very much. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it it's too weird, and and I'm the guy who likes weird, obscure anime like mm-hmm. this. But even I was kind of just like, this is not the kind of stuff I'm really into. The stuff I'm into is like. Dirty Pair mm-hmm. and Space Adventure Cobra, the the fun stuff, you know, oh, the yeah, yeah. the stuff that you don't really have to like see bad things in it as much. So no, I I get that. This is very much on the like sort of grotesque '80s horror side of that yeah. of that kind of anime, which like you know, you know, I like I enjoy that, but I I also recognize that is not to everyone's taste. Not not right. not everyone is gonna like a movie where like some guy gets his head blown off and it turns into the head monster from the thing, like. I exactly. enjoy that as an Easter egg. That's not for everybody, though. I but at the same time, I understand that this is an important part of anime history, and that like I don't know how much it influenced the industry, but I'm sure it influenced some things. I did notice some berserk parallels mm-hmm. to it, um, and I think that the dub really elevates it a lot, mm-hmm. honestly, because I I think these are the kind of anime when you get like American actors in an English dub. It really helps because this is clearly so Western influenced mm-hmm. that having American actors actually in the project gives it that extra mm-hmm. oomph that I think the Japanese like filmmakers were looking for. So, mm-hmm. yeah, and I know that's uh, I know like one of the one of the things that is notable about this is this is like um, Kawajiri's like first solo like long form thing that he directed by himself. 
because uh, he, mm. he 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 co-directed Lensmen with another uh, animator actually. Um, it always comes back to Lensman. It always comes back to Lensman. I'm starting to feel like Lensman's one of those weird things where, like, it is, for as obscure as it is now, it was very pivotal at the time. Yeah. Um, anyways. Uh, the... mm-hmm. No, 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 it's fine. Yeah. I was just going to say, it's like the perfect culmination of, like, Western and Eastern yeah. pop culture together, <laughs> exactly. basically. So. Yeah. Um, and nothing else, like, you know, he, he, he would go, I mean, he'd go on a fairly big name for a few years. You know, you're doing you know, this and Demon City Shinjuku and Ninja Scroll and... Uh, he still works in the industry, apparently. He's just mostly a key animator these days. Mm. Um, the one I found funniest is he's done a bunch of key animating work on Chihaya Furu, like the, the, the card game anime about Hanafuda. Oh. Which is not something I would expect a guy who makes stuff like this in Vampire D Bloodlust in his, in, as his day job would do, but right. uh, he's, he's a talented guy with a lot of variety in his skill set, I guess. Good for him. And I, I love Vampire Hunter D Bloodlust. Do not get me wrong. That is genuinely one of my favorite anime I think rocks. <laughs> yeah. It's like, when, you, when, I, when I think of, like, why do I like Kawajiri? It's like, stuff like that's why I like it. Yeah, like, it's... It, it, it's... It's one of the few projects I think he did that actually has a really good story mm-hmm. along with great animation. Mm. So yeah. Uh, all right. You have anything you want to add? Uh, not really. All right. No. All right. Well, thank you for listening to our episode of Summer at the Movies. Uh, we are Dub Talk. Uh, you can find us on uh, YouTube and Podbean as a Dub Talk podcast. Uh, we are also on Twitter for as long as that lasts. We're on, I think we're technically on Tumblr and Instagram. I don't think we update those very often because that's time-consuming and we're not that interested in trying to do that there. Um, but we are there. You can give us a follow and we'll maybe post stuff occasionally. Uh, we are also, uh, if you'd like to help support us, uh, we have a Ko-fi that you can use to make one-time donations you'll find a link for that in the description and we also have a patreon you'll also find a link for that in the description below uh and if you uh want to support us at uh, certain tiers you can get your name called out on the show like so um at the five dollar tier we'd like to thank megan's mom and dad michelle travis julia w and victor mayberota and at the ten dollar tier we would like to thank anthony brown carly lestikow marissa lenti and utaku anthony uh if you would like to watch uh Wicked City. It is available on home video on both DVD and Blu-ray from Discotech Media. I think I read apparently like uh, manga's like UK branch would still exist in the capacity was trying to do a home video release. I don't know if that ever came out though. So, um, and so if you're UK based, you can look around for that. Uh, it is also streaming in a variety of places. It is on High Dive, Retro Crush, Midnight Pulp, Tubi TV, and Pluto TV. I believe for the first three of those, you will need a subscription to those services, uh, but Tubi and Pluto are both just free in general, so you can go watch that there. Um, Lack, where can people find you on the internet? It is probably best to find me on YouTube and TikTok. Uh, on YouTube, I am at Lack the Watcher. That is spaces in between those three words. Uh, on TikTok, it is all just one word. Um, I currently... I'm sitting at 12,200 and something subscribers on YouTube. So if you want to keep up with me, I make silly voice acting videos based around old anime. Like like this, <laughs> sort of. <laughs> I, uh, I feel like- my, latest, my latest upload was just this Friday of a silly little video of me parodying Ashita no Joe. Um, so if you want to check that out, you can either on YouTube or on Twitter. Or, uh, sorry, on TikTok. And, uh, yeah, that's basically it. You can follow me on Twitter at like the watcher as well. I am also a VTuber. I do that. I stream. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much where you can find me. I've also got like a couple things 
that I can't announce yet oh. exactly. But I am going to be in a couple of upcoming video games. One of which was announced at the Future Games Festival, oh. which I was surprised to find out that happened because <laughs> I didn't watch it this year. Oh. But yeah, um, I'll let you all know when I can announce it. So, nice. so you you all follow him somewhere so you can find out and then go buy it and support good voice yeah. acting. Um, I should know Joe feels like a better fit for trying to do funny videos on YouTube than this, which would probably just get flagged <laughs> immediately. I mean, I make berserk funny videos, so I can't really be all that judgmental, you know, so. <laughs> I mean, look, look, berserk's a very, very serious, well-drawn story, and that does not mean it is not ripe for comedy. That sometimes, exactly. that sometimes helps, frankly. The latest one I did was making fun of the fact that, like, Puck is of questionable gender, and that's Guts' problem, so. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, all right. Uh, you can find me mostly on Twitter. I am at Amandul US. Uh, Duel is spelled with two U's. I also have links on a pin post on there to various other places that I sort of hang out at, but not really. So until Twitter implodes, that's where you can mostly find me. Uh, I also do streaming on the Dub Talk Twitch channel. Uh, I probably won't be playing it anymore by the time this comes out, but I'm currently playing a bizarre little indie RPG called Hylix, uh, which I would sort of describe as. Playing Hylix is a little like your older cousin trying to explain Earthbound to you, but you've never played it. You don't really understand what he's talking about, and it just sounds very weird. Um, I like it, but, you know, that's me. Uh, and as is tradition with these, I am going to give you a Dusty Old Song to take you off with. And for this one, I'm actually going to pick something by an artist who is in this movie. Uh, if you watch this movie, there is a couple of insert songs by a singer named Hitomi Toyama. She was a jazz singer from the 80s. Uh, she apparently was one of these people where she, um, I think it was like trained in English and sang a lot in English. She seems to have done some sort of interesting, you know, if you're into like, you know, 80s J-pop, city pop, that kind of thing, she seems like an artist you should check out. And I'm going to recommend a song of hers called Seven Course No Prologue, which was um, released as a single, it's from an album from hers that also came out in 1987 called One Scene, and it was released as a single with the two songs she did for this movie, presumably so you wouldn't have to buy this random anime soundtrack to get her material. Uh, it's pretty good. It's apparently about, like, a, a woman writing, like, a, a letter to someone she just broke up with, kind of talking about why the relationship ended. It's good. Did it get released in the States at all? Or... Actually, well, actually, if you want to, you can get the soundtrack to this movie in America. Uh, Tiger Vinyl, who've been doing, like, anime soundtrack oh. reissues, did a version of this. It does not have those two insert songs on it, I'm assuming just for licensing reasons. Right, um, right. That said, you can also find, like, these are, like, officially uploaded on, like, YouTube and Spotify, like everything is these okay. days. So, like, they're they're not hard. Like, you want to get on CD, that might be a troll. You just want to listen to it, that's easy. Easy peasy. Yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, that is our episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you were entertained and can figure out if you want to actually watch Wicked City or not. <laughs> Look, if you're into this kind of stuff, just watch it. Yep. But again, if if you're like 15, don't <laughs> yep, probably. Please, this this is this is a this is this is a R-rated movie. Please do not yeah, watch it with, under the age for, of 17. For a very good reason. You don't want your parents walking in while you're watching don't, this. Don't, like, like it's going to lead a lot of awkward conversations. Don't do it. Yeah. Just don't. Save yourself the pain. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for listening. Goodbye. Rock over Boston. Rock on Chicago.